0: Laura Clausen and the team of choice for two have had a second episode within their exposed series and today i'm joined by Laura herself to talk all about in vitro fertilization and episode two of her exposed series stay tuned Hi folks, welcome back to the Pro-Life Guys podcast, a show dedicated to equipping you with the tools that you need to have compassionate and compelling conversations about abortion so together we can change minds, save lives, and transform our culture. Um, My name's Cam, I am the host of the show, um, and I apologize for anybody who thinks that I talk a little bit too fast. I feel like I talk way faster on the podcast than I do in normal life. Um, Those that know me can confirm or deny that. and and this came up poignantly because we've been working with a group in New Zealand, of all places. Shout out to our folks in New Zealand. Uh, Marty, Tony, everyone else down there. My colleague, Kwana, went down to New Zealand for a little bit. I'm going to be talking to her on one of our special YouTube episodes coming up here about her time in New Zealand. Um, I told them that I was going to try to do a, a Kiwi accent for one of these episodes, but I feel like that would be wildly offensive to everybody um, and that I would absolutely butcher it. Um, because I know very little about how to adopt that. I do feel like if I spent time there, I would probably adapt that because I, I spent about a, a month in England um, in 2009 with a couple of friends, just university trip, whatever um, and we got into a couple of fights. Um, not not actual fights, but like almost caught in the fights with people who thought that we were making fun of their accent because we were just kind of like chameleon acclimatizing to their accents. I digress. Um, big shout out to the wonderful team in New Zealand who is doing um, fantastic work down there, um, engaging people with conversations about abortion, changing hearts and minds on the topic of abortion, integrating abortion victim photography into their ministry. Um, huge. Thank you to the work that you guys are doing and all of the hospitality you showed to um, Kwana and her time down there. Let's dive into today's topic. Today we are talking about in vitro fertilization. And I know that we focused on this topic um, quite a while ago now, talking to Stephanie Gray-Connors and her book, Conceived by Science, um, in tackling this very delicate, very sensitive, very real topic of in vitro fertilization. This is something that has been embraced by a number of people within the pro-life community. This is something that even churches have had a hard time grappling with because of the profound sorrow that goes along with infertility. For couples that are desperately desiring to start a family, to have children that they can nurture um, and bring into this wonderful world teach them to love god and and all this kind of stuff and this deep yearning to be able to grow their families very natural very appropriate um but tragically very poorly responded to in so many ways because so often the church and individuals have resorted towards in vitro fertilization that's the topic of today's episode um and uh, I'll be joined by Laura Clausen um, as a guest. Um, she is the executive director and founder of Choice for Two. She does a ton of incredible content on social media um, and in general, uh, most in particular, her Exposed series. We I caught up with Laura last time. She um, published an episode called The Procedure which has been phenomenal. I was just checking out her social media pages recently, and, and she has um, had confirmation there's at least six children whose lives have been saved because of that video and the exposition around abortion and the abortion procedure. And episode two took a very, very important topic of in vitro fertilization and tackled it in a way that only Laura Clausen can knock out of the park. Knocking this out with a satire video Um Along the lines of build a bear, build a baby. Um, Many people are probably familiar with the the chain, uh, build a bear. Um, And you can customize your bear as you see fit. And how tragically um, in vitro fertilization is somewhat akin to that. Um, Laura and I dive into the the, um, injustices that so often surround not only the practices of in vitro fertilization, the creation of these embryos, and how many of them are implanted, how many of them are left frozen, and how many of them are selectively reduced through abortion, um, and all of the difficulties that surround it. And I think it's a really important episode for we as Christians to um, contemplate, And, and if you're not a Christian as well, to contemplate both the practices and the underlying principles behind in vitro fertilization. And so i'm going to say it now up front because i know that at times um, podcasters such as myself will leave the contest to the end we're going to do a contest right now you can enter to win a copy of Conceived by Science. What do you need to do? Um, I know that we did one of these contests very recently. For a children's book, you gotta um, not only subscribe to our YouTube channel, there'll be cross-referencing. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe um, on our website, ProLifeGuys.com. Subscribe to our email list there. The contest will be in the email that goes out the week of this episode. All right. So the episode is going to go out on the Tuesday, um, enter before the end of the week, um, and then the draw will be done either that Friday or the Monday uh, um, after. No, sorry. The the contest will go out the Friday after the um, the result will come out the next Tuesday. All right, so enter in that way for a copy of Conceived by Science, How to Talk About In-Vitro Fertilization. Um, But without further ado, here's my conversation with Laura Clausen from Choice for Two on her exposed episode, In-Vitro Fertilization. All right, Laura, thanks so much for taking the time for joining the Pro-Life Guys podcast again. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well. How are you?
0: I am living the dream. It is always sunny in Philadelphia, as the movie says, but it's often very snowy in Calgary here. So um, we're, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. And, and excited to be able to talk about your second episode on the exposed kind of series. Um, hopefully we can talk about other plants and whatnot, but tackling the topic of in vitro fertilization um i'm curious i gotta ask was this always scheduled to be the second episode was this something that has always been on your radar as an issue that needs to be tackled within not only the kind of hostile abortion advocacy kind of community but also and as i hope that we'll dive into within the pro-life community as well has this been on your radar for a long time or is this something that has really kind of come on your radar more recently i guess
1: Yeah, it, I did have it in mind for an episode when we came up with the exposed series idea. Um, I've been thinking about it for the last (laughs) couple of years, I guess, when I, when I realized, um, actually it was a pro-abortion person on my Facebook. I think, um, who was saying, you know, if, if you're so upset about women going into abortion clinics, then why aren't you standing outside the IVF clinics and pleading for those lives? And I was like, because that's not the same thing at all. And then I looked into it and I was like, they are right. Um, we, and yeah, it's, it's almost the exact same thing. And a lot of abortion occurs even, right, within the IVF industry. And so, yeah, I thought this would be a really good episode.
0: Gotcha. Well, I'm so thankful that you tackled it because it's something, as I kind of alluded to, that not only plagues kind of the general community as as far as um, abortion and, and value of human life goes, but in particular, I, I think that this is a major issue within the pro-life community, within the Christian community as well, because... A lot of people seem to have it in their mind that IVF is actually a very natural opinion or, or thing to support amongst Christians who value life and we just we just want so much life to be happening Laura and like why why don't we want more lives happening and yet this is not what IVF is about not not in its principles and certainly not in its practices and I guess as you come kind of came to start researching it where did your research lead you where where did it kind of start bringing you with regards to the the tragic and excuse the pun but but the skeletons in the closet of the ivf uh movement the practices the principles behind it what jumped out at you as you started to research it more deeply
1: i i did think actually i didn't really think anything of ivf um it just seemed so normal and so many of my friends were conceived uh through ivf um and it was just something totally normal i never never thought about it didn't really understand it and um pretty much as soon as I started looking into it uh you could see that it's not right even from step one like (laughs) when when the man goes in and gives his sperm sample like right there I was like well this you know maybe this should be giving up setting up some red flags or you know um yeah awkward and I think too that's um been part of the problem for um, like people being really upset that I am digging into IVF because people just didn't know. And so many people within the church have done IVF. um, But people don't actually know what that means. So even with that step one, like things just get really awkward real fast. Um, Yeah. And so then um, moving on from there, um, of course, uh, with the sex, uh, sorry, the uh, selective reduction too many babies or more than one baby growing. Um, And so they will abort one um, or two and very, very common. And um, so that's terrible. And then just the whole grading of the embryos of human beings putting through this grading process. And if they're, if they don't pass, then they're killed. Um, And right. And then leftover, leftover embryos being put in freezers um, for years and years and years and left there or uh, then given to science to be experimented on like the whole thing is bad
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i can't, can't agree enough and and a random anecdote that that really kind of got me thinking about so i, I did a degree in, in genetics and biology and and one of in one of my third year class i want to say we were doing um and we weren't dealing with human embryos. I promise I'll get that out right off the top. top. We we're, <laughs> yes. we're, were dealing with like literally yeast and cryopreservation of yeast and whether or not you could put yeast into a freeze and have it come out. And I, I get that we were only 30 university students, but like we thought that we were the catch pajamas when it came to being able to do lab experiments. And we had this entire class of people putting yeast in freeze and then trying to unfreeze it and see what, what lived. After it came out of this, this very specific kind of cryopreservation, whatever. And I think there's one kid in the entire lab. There's like 25 of us in the lab. We all try to freeze like a hundred different yeast um, formations and whatnot. One person had one colony that survived. And when you consider like literally the millions of human beings that are preserved in, in ice and how, we have in our mind this this notion that we can just kind of take them out whenever we want and they're going to survive. Um, There's just one thing that really got me thinking. And I, I tried to slide into the lab that was not a Christian lab at all of like, OK, and what do we think about IVF from here? Like if, if all of us working really hard on something as simple as yeast couldn't even get used to survive the freezing process, how are we expecting human beings to survive that freezing process? That was just one thing that kind of stood out to me. Um, and so you're doing all of this research, and how did did was the initial tone of the video that you were wanting to put together? Were you always intending it to go back towards more of a satirical kind of vibe, or was it just like the more you learned, the more absurd that it it seemed to be? Of like every single level of this is just absolutely appalling. Did it kind of transition the the, the nature of the ultimate um, video that came out?
1: Yeah, I I had actually written a completely different script originally. Okay which focused more on the heartbreak of infertility. And that was fine. And that's true. But then um, I realized as I was going along, like it could almost be a pro IVF (laughs) ad, um, because it was so um, gut-wrenching and sad. And um, you really felt for the woman and her husband, um, which you do um, with infertility, yeah. So that was original the way it was, and then I I saw that and I was like, this is this is not doing justice to this issue. I want to focus on the victims of it. Um, and as for the satire, yeah, like I always do tend to lean that way, just me as a person. So, um, but that is because some of the lines in there are are almost like word for word off of IVF clinic websites. And so when I read that, I was like, this has to be a joke. Like, are, is this for real? And then I'm, I'm looking through it all and it is for real. And so I was like, well, you know, here's some truthful material and, and just and work that in. So that's kind of how the whole thing got so satirical, really.
0: Gotcha. Well, I I really appreciated it, and I think that um, I, I'm curious about audience-wise. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about um, the the demographics impacted by IVF compared to a traditional, uh, if we dare use the word abortion, and how um, did did you see as you were developing it a slightly different audience um, to the the first episode, the procedure, or, or do you think that it was that you were arguably still trying to reach the same audience of basically anybody that comes across the video. I don't know if that's a clear question, but, but what did you have in mind regarding audience?
1: Yeah, well, actually, we did have a different audience because okay. of um, just the words used and the hashtags <sighs> used, and it was all about infertility and IVF. So uh, we did get a lot of people who were doing IVF, have done IVF, or are considering doing IVF. So it was very different. And within like the Christian community, a lot of people who will say they're pro-life, and anti-abortion, they support IVF. So I think it was hard, hard for a lot of people, right. To, to hear it. And the other odd thing that happened was, um, because we set up a whole fake company, right. When we first put it out, like build a baby.com and, um, we're still getting, um, messages from people who legit want to use the services of, of our IVF clinic. Um, we've even been added onto some medical, um, I don't want to be too specific so people don't find it, but um like into searches for IVF clinics and like legit, yeah, which I'm like you guys do zero research here. Um yeah, and so and so we're getting messages from people asking how much it costs and, and when can they can come in and all this and that kind of blows my mind because I thought the video was uh pretty obviously satire, but some people think it's real
0: some it is difficult at times obviously to get into the heads of some people i mean the the number of times i mean me and, and ccbr where we're out on the street corner i've got a picture of a 24 week old child killed by abortion and people are like are you advertising abortion like are you trying to get people to do that more like no like how do you look at the sign and think that this is an endorsement of this um this issue. And and thankfully, the vast majority of people don't. But yeah, there, there's some people that are wow. genuinely confused as to whether or not we're advertising and trying to recruit people to have abortions. It, it's bonkers. Wow. Um, and, and that's why I, I really appreciated the satire, especially with that audience in mind of people that are contemplating pursuing IVF. And, and as we've talked about, and as we'll touch on a little bit more about um, the, the stru- very real struggles of uh, infertility and how to actually address that in a, a, moral ethical Christian worldview kind of thing. Um, I must say, I, I, I love the video and the satire. I was really hoping as I watched it over and over again, I, I think that you missed a, an opportunity, Laura. I don't Uh-oh. know if you're an Office fan. Um, if you're not, it's probably for the best, but the Office sitcom of, of getting Kevin as one of the the donors, the, the sperm donors. Um, if, if you don't know that clip, I'll send you the clip afterwards, and I apologize that um, I am <laughs> in the world too much, but, but Kevin, um, who's one of the accountants, talks about being a sperm donor at an elite oh. a sperm clinic, um, and Jan Levinson-Gould, who um, is bearing an IVF baby is horrified that Kevin might be the father of her child. Um, But I digress, I digress. so we, we make this fantastic video. What was the response You you posted? It's been out obviously for a number of months now. Let's talk a little bit about the response. And and uh, as with the first video of, of the procedure, I, I would hope that there's obviously some very positive um, responses to it. Of people that were thinking about IVF and have chosen not to do IVF, but I'm sure there's a full spectrum. What kind of response did you get after the video came out?
1: Yeah, everything. Um, uh people who were going to do it, who message in after that, because the goal was with the the video, it's not, it doesn't tell everything, right? It's not all of the information. The goal was you watch that and then you dig deeper. And as soon as you start digging deeper, I, you have to come to the conclusion that IVF is wrong. That's it. Um, and, And people also came to that conclusion just watching the video, but if you're someone who's about to do it and then you watch that and you dig in a bit deeper Um, as a Christian, if you believe life begins at fertilization, you can't. And so there were a lot of messages from, um, women who said, you know, I guess, thank you for putting this out. I didn't know. I didn't realize, and we're not going to do it. Um, so, so that's cool. And then on the other side, a lot of people and a lot of Christians who have done IVF who were very hurt, um, by it. And I got so many messages from people, especially about that step one, being like, my husband went into the room full of porn with his eyes closed. And did the I'm like, you don't need to explain yourself to me, right? Like, <laughs> this is just a video like and did he did he really though, like, uh, so, so awkward messages like that. Um, even from people I know, which is super awkward, but um, And then people being like, "You're, you know, how can you say that my child shouldn't be here, Um, or that my child is less than a child conceived naturally?" Which that is not at all what the the video said, or I am saying, um, right? Like children created through IVF are also image bearers of God, right? Like these are equal human beings. So I am not saying that at all, and I am not upset that people have the children that they have from IVF. I am just saying, you know what, we've taken this too far. Maybe you didn't know at the time. Uh, but this has gone too far and it, it we should not be we should not be using IVF anymore. It should be ended now. So that's kind of the message. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, and I'm so glad that you clarified that. that that this is not a judgment towards the children that have, obviously have zero control over this, and and them being somehow second class citizens or anything like this. It's a matter like you said, they're image bearers, and they deserve the dignity that is afforded to every other human. And that the commodity component of IVF, I, uh, certainly, we can tackle a lot of the. Uh, the horrifying practices around it of how many children are conceived and not even implanted the number of children that are implanted and then killed through, as you call it, um, as, as you mentioned, um, selective reduction, but even the commodity component, even the, the quote unquote best meaning of Christian couples who say, we're only going to fertilize one egg and we're only going to have one embryo. We're going to implant that embryo and, and we're going to pray and all this kind of stuff to, to, desire that this child is protected, we're not going to be superfluous in our creation. At the end of the day, this does also come down to some degree of commodity
1: culture, you'd say, right? Yeah. Well, and and like God designed a very specific way, right? For Mm -hmm. for children to come into this world. And so a lot of people, even Christians will say, well, there's nothing wrong with me helping God to be able to do this by using science to help God. And it's like, God doesn't need help, right? Like mm. God opens and closes the womb. And I think that that is something we've completely lost sight of now um, because we have this option of IVF, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, there's a, a million biblical examples of, of yeah. people that tried to um, circumnavigate um, barrenness, uh, temporary barrenness or, or faithfulness yeah. to God and, and just compromise that entirely. And that this is something, maybe let's tackle this. And so you've been talking to moms and, and potentially some dads, some um, parents and others that have this deep yearning for children and are struggling with infertility. And I'm curious, the the route that, that you often go as you're in, interacting with them, whether you counsel them for um, fully, whether you're directing them towards other um, fertility um, Agencies, I don't even know what you would call them necessarily that that avoid in vitro fertilization, and other immoral forms of fertility, uh, for fertility um, uh, responses, and whatnot. What what is your approach to helping people navigate the the very troubling and, and very sad journey that so many people are encountering?
1: Yeah well a a lot of what i've done is uh, fortunately we have like a great network of Mm -hmm. pastors and churches that we already use through right like our whole um anti-abortion and connecting women who are struggling and considering abortion and all of that and so a lot of these um pastors and pastor's wives are really great um resources and i've um like they've been counseling these women and couples which is amazing um like I am not a counselor, um, nor do I really spend so much time like one-on-one with with all these people, right, who are struggling. But yeah, it is really cool to be able to like point them in the right direction and to have the local church step up. And often the lo- sometimes the local church doesn't know anything about IVF. And so then I'm like, well, hey, look at that! Now you get to get educated, and so then you can help this. And all like the churches are pretty much on the same page as us after looking through it, being like, oh yeah, okay. And so right, like it's just about prayer. And yes, there are natural options, right? Finding basically finding a Christian doctor or just a doctor who will help you with uh, more natural. And and there are. some issues that some women have, right, that can be corrected, um, and then they are able to get pregnant. So it's it's just that we've jumped so fast into if if you have any problem conceiving a child, boom, IVF, In you go for your consultation, right? But but there's so much, and and more than all of that, there's God, and yeah, exactly. If you just look through the Bible and the stories and um, just r- miraculous situations where people like get pregnant, super, super old, because God can do that, right? So (laughs) that I know, and and I know people, uh, I hope I don't seem like flippant or snarky about it, because people will always say to me, like, oh, well, you haven't faced infertility. Um, So like, how dare you um, say that IVF is wrong, um, when I can absolutely say IVF is wrong, even though I haven't faced the heartbreak of infertility, because it involves murdering tiny human beings, Right. So I think that's, that's another interesting thing is that um, even, even Christians or people who are pro-life or anti-abortion, like I remember a few years ago where it was pretty rare for anyone to come out and actually say abortion is wrong. Like I can remember blowing up the internet like eight years ago or something like that. Uh, just for saying that when it's like, if you're a Christian, you should be believing that. And, but people just wouldn't say it, right? The, the in the closet pro-lifers, I think is, is what I used to say back then. But now we've come all the way up to here and people are very more, I wouldn't say super comfortable, but a lot more brave and bold about openly being anti-abortion. But now here's IVF and it brings on this whole other layer of, uh, you know, so many people who've done IVF. Infertility is heartbreaking, all of this. and now people are right back to just keeping their mouths shut and not wanting to say anything offensive, right? So here yep. we go again. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I mean, this is where the rubber's hitting the road, right? And and this is why abortion advocates so frequently throw in our face of like, okay, what if your daughter is sexually assaulted? What if your spouse is sexually assaulted? They want to know, okay, this is not something that has hit you close to home per se. Maybe you've been born with a silver spoon in your mouth the whole time and you've never encountered any of the difficulties that we who are choosing abortion have encountered. I think this is a really important kind of look in the mirror for the pro-life movement for the for Christians who have often so faithfully defended life with regards to again classical abortion and yet have been so desperate and urgent for their own children that they've kind of turned a blind eye towards a lot of this. I think that this is massively gut check time for us and say, OK, what do we do when the rubber hits the road? What do we do when it's our own children and our own desire for children that's impacted? Are we willing to um, like compromise the value of life when it benefits us, when it helps us achieve our desires, our goals, whatever they may be that sure killing children is wrong when it it amounts to somebody winning a golden globe or whatever award um, that that actress won but it's also killing children is also inappropriate when it comes to a mother having eight children that have been born and countless children not born and killed through selective reduction and countless other things like whether the the reward that you're looking for is that award on the stage whether the reward that you're looking for is a big happy family like everyone else in your church we still can't ch- kill children to achieve that reward
1: yeah <laughs> you just can't kill children <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean this isn't right like it, it's not that hard and, and that's what it really comes down to but people will not touch it and even like uh with the first episode we did have exposed right the procedure and yeah we had kevin sorbo in that one and all the interviews that we did and people were like yeah this is great um we'll definitely cover the next episode and then the next episode came out and it's like nobody wants to touch it. Um, they're they're just like, oh, this is this is too far. Oh, I have someone in my family who's done IVF, or oh, this isn't really a big deal, actually. Like abortion is a big deal, baby's getting torn apart, but then just these and so they don't actually believe that life begins at fertilization, right? Yeah. So Yeah. I mean, yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And and it's a clarification that we have to make on the streets all the time of like abortion is not wrong because of the aesthetics of it. Right. Abortion is not wrong because it rips the arms and legs off the children because IVF is equally wrong. And it's not as quote unquote graphic or um, disgusting or whatever. Like, yes, this is what's happening. We need to see the reality here. Um, and yet, uh, yeah, I, I can't say it enough. Abortion is not uh, killing children is not wrong because it's really yeah. ugly. <laughs> killing children is just wrong, just whether it's ugly or not. Um, last, uh, uh, again, off off the beaten track a little bit, and I'm going to be talking about Stephanie Gray Connor's book a little bit more. I'm curious what you think about the analogy, and I don't know if you've had a chance to check out the book. She makes the analogy of the desire for children is somewhat akin to the desire for marriage, the desire to have a spouse, and that you know this is a natural desire. This is something that we many people long for. Um, And yet there are good and bad ways of going about it. If you kidnap somebody in Southeast Asia and human traffic them into your home and make them your wife because you desperately want to have a wife, wives are good, husbands are good, kidnapping people, bad, don't do it. Um, Yeah, there are some people whose natural desire of having a spouse is not fulfilled in their time. Or maybe not at all, and yet that's not a, a solution. I'm, I'm curious if you'd heard that analogy. What do you think of that analogy to help people again realize that that we don't commodify born children, therefore okay. we also shouldn't be commodifying pre-born children? Thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like the desires of humans, comp- uh, sorry, of adults, yeah. trump the rights of children. Yeah. It, and like, right? And so, yeah, they are they are commodities, and but but people have it in their brain that they deserve a family because a family is a really good thing. So exactly, exactly what you're saying, like the desire is fine. The desire is normal and good, but you can't kill children <laughs> to get your family, right? Yeah. 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 Uh,
0: again, it comes down to that. I think as well of the line that Alex Shadenberg from Euthanasia Prevention Coalition of Canada, he, he always said like, just don't kill people. Just, just don't right. kill people. That, like, let's just have that as a, a base standard. And yeah. yes, there are tremendous struggles and suffering in our world and we need to navigate them. This isn't pretending that problems don't exist and suffering isn't real. We just don't solve it by killing humans. And so right. um, let, let's use that as our standard. Last question I'll ask you about this topic in particular before I, I ask you about what's coming down the tube, uh, whether within the exposed series or just choice for two in general. Um, so as... People, groups, churches, whatever, are reaching out to you about okay, what, how, where do I learn more? Kind of thing. Do, do you just have like a, a folder on your your browser that you just shoot them a million articles? Do you have a a general forum that you want to encourage people to check out? Do you have particular resources that spring to mind that you know you, you have to check out this documentary or go to what this entity is is sharing about this, or is it a, a little bit of as the spirit inspires you different things that you're reading on different days that you're sending along kind of more timely stuff. Do you have a standard go-to or do you have a, a more of a, as, as the time demands it, I suppose?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, well, we put together, um, a little page, I guess on the website, which I do need to make more visible because it's not easy to find, but I do send that to a lot of people. And when we initially put it out, um, that blurb was attached to it. And it's actually written by a pastor in Texas. And um, so he gives all of kind of like the biblical reasoning for, for why IVF is wrong. And then it also links to a lot of different um, information and a lot of organizations in the states that have done some fantastic um, work on this. Um, the, the Rescue Those app. I don't know if you're familiar with that but there's a ton of information there on IVF. Yeah, so so all of that, yes, we we do have it. I need to put it right on our homepage and that's a good reminder to do that.
0: Beauty, I I will drop um if, if you send me some links, I'll drop them in the show notes sure. below. I'll also have your your guys' website on there as well and so okay. that's really helpful because I know that um th- there's a lot of people that that have a hard time discerning what is Accurate information. I mean, obviously, we as as Christians and pro-lifers are constantly accused of being sensationalist and and this and that. But to be able to have some good websites and and good articles, good videos that we can share with mm-hmm. our friends, with our families who might be contemplating um, pursuing in vitro fertilization, super okay. super valuable to build on top of this initial one. Yeah, let's talk. What's coming down the tube? I I know that this is several months after you released. Episode two, is episode three in the works already? What, what's coming down the tube for you, for Choice for Two, for um, Exposed Series?
1: Yeah. So episode three is in the works, but I can't tell you what it is yet, but it's really totally bad. Cool. Um, you'll know when you see it, then you'll be like, oh, this is... I'm again having my mind blown, right? like Even me, who's been like really fighting abortion for a number of years now, even when I'm researching this stuff, like IVF. I was like, I didn't know all the details of this. Wow. And so now with this third episode, it's honestly even, it's worse. Um, and anyway, so it's it's bad, but I'm, I'm working hard to have that done. It should be out this spring. Um, and we're also actually this week going to be filming, going back and filming a testimony video, which we haven't done in quite some time. Um, which should be very interesting, um, because just of this woman's story, and um, I'm not exactly sure what what she's going to say yet, so I, I won't I won't give away some things that maybe she doesn't want <laughs> given away. But um, I'm really excited to to be able to put this one out.
0: Fantastic. I, I am very much looking forward to that. all of the videos that you do, the, the whole range of them, right? Whether whether it's the, the satire, whether it's the exposed um, series in particular, whether it's the testimonies, the, the post-sportive moms and dads, um, it's incredible. And I think that it, it's a huge inspiration and point to ponder for a lot of Christians who are scanning social media and whatnot. Absolutely prioritize Choice for Two and the work that you're doing, Laura. Um, to see what what you need to be aware of, what, what needs to be going on, um, and how you can get involved. I Maybe one last shout out, and I know this is kind of going off of this particular conversation, but um, the baby registries and everything that you guys are working on, I know that's kind of constant work that you guys are doing at Choice for Two. Um, maybe share a quick plug for the work that you guys are doing with regards to um, connecting with people, largely through social media, but I'm sure that um, beyond social media as well, and then helping them... Um, receive the support they need um, to navigate their pregnancies long afterwards I I love every time that you chirp um, the abortion advocates uh, about we're we're only um, pro-birthers and so don't bother supporting anything after they're born but uh, like that kind of stuff what's on the go there and for somebody that might not be super familiar at this point somehow because they've been living under a rock not familiar with choice for two um, and the the registries and whatnot else that you do maybe a quick word about that.
1: Sure, so uh, yeah, that's a huge part of the daily work of what basically our whole team is doing, um, aside from these videos, uh, connecting with women who are considering abortion. So because as you know, you can't stand outside of the abortion clinic and plead for lives, we do have team members in the US that do that. They're standing outside the clinics and that we've lost so much here in Canada, not being able to do that. So we attempt to reach them online and we do um we get contacted by women thinking that we're um an abortion like a pro-abortion organization because of the name choice for two so just because there's the word choice in there they'll contact us hey can you help me get an abortion and then we'll be like hey what's going on and then we get to talking and basically Or telling them, you know, like, or pointing out that no matter what's going on in their life, murdering their child is not the answer, and that we can help them if they need help. Um, So that is kind of what's going on when a woman has made a firm commitment that she will not murder her child, um, because we do not bribe women, and we don't get into hostage situations, so we're not gonna say, listen, don't abort your kid and then we'll pay this much money for your rent or then we'll do this, right? Like we don't do that. We say you shouldn't murder your child because it's wrong to kill children, right? Like <laughs> you, you should not kill your child, that is the baseline. And um, then so once she's done that, then we can move forward with helping her if needed. We have now a whole finance program which is amazing. Um, I have a couple of women on the team that do financial meetings. They do entire budgeting. We go through all the finances, see where improvements can be made and see if she does need help with something. And then we're able to help. Um, And an important part of our whole process is on the ground help because we verify women in person. So we have this huge network. Yeah. um, Which is very important because sadly there are a lot of um, scammers and, The whole other side of meeting with someone in person so that that woman can get connected to a local church. And then when the baby is born, she and the baby can go to the church, which is amazing. Um, And just to have that local support. So there's all of that. And so we are paying bills and uh, then the registries. Um, If needed, then when they get to 30 weeks, um, the registry team will put together the full baby registry and then I'll post those online. And so people are able to buy an item and it gets shipped directly to her, which is really cool. Um, Cause we don't, you know, we don't see that money or anything, right? Like it's it's nice because it just bypasses us and goes directly to her, um, which I really like. And yeah, so just lots of ways to practically help. And uh, donors can be sure that these all, any fundraiser we do, any registry, any anything. These women are legit. They've been verified. Uh, they've been met with in person. We know that the we know that their um, their statements about their finances are are true. So um, it's 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 kind of a cool way for just your average person to get involved.
0: That's awesome. And, and I guess final question of are there any bottlenecks right now? I mean, the obviously there's, there's a ton that needs to go into educating ourselves within the movement, ton that goes into sharing content and whatnot. But hopefully that's not where it stops for people. Are there any bottlenecks right now where you're looking for more people on one of your particular teams? Is it a matter of registries aren't getting filled quick enough? Where's the greatest need for people to get more involved or, or where are you looking for more people to engage within the the realm of choice for two?
1: Yeah. So always number one is sharing our stuff. Um, we are like, I'm amazed that our videos, especially the procedure are still up on all the platforms that we put them up on, Right. So that's really cool, but um, they need to be shared. So especially the Build a Baby, the IVF video we've been talking about today, if people wanna go and watch that and share it, uh, that would be so helpful. And then I feel like the registries are taking longer than usual to be bought out. I think because when we first started doing them, nobody was doing that before, right? Like it was a new thing and then now lots of people are doing it. And so it's not as cool, I don't know it's it's uh but it's still very much an important need that needs to get filled so people keep an eye on our social media i post them on there that would be great
0: absolutely we'll drop those links um in the show notes below um Get ready, folks. There's going to be a lot of links um, in the show notes. And so definitely check them all out because they're so, so important, um, not only for changing minds on issues like um, IVF and abortion in general, um, but also ways that you can plug in and get involved. Laura, thanks so much for taking the time to join me um, and blessings on all the work that you're doing with Choice for Two and everything else.
1: No. Well, thank you so much for having me. And like I said, I'll, I'll add this to my uh, people who dared to touch the Build-A-Baby <laughs> video. So I really appreciate it.
0: Always happy to have you on. I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be able to get you um, closer to the release of number three and and hopefully we'll get all th- all six of them featured. And maybe if the series goes beyond six, then we can keep featuring it. So thanks a ton and and God bless you.
1: You too. Thank you.
0: All right, folks. Thanks a ton for tuning in. Huge thank you to Laura for joining for the show um, and for tackling this really, really important topic of in vitro fertilization. As Laura mentioned, and as I have alluded to as well, um, in vitro fertilization is a very real concern. Um, I know people who have pursued in vitro fertilization. I know people who have contributed eggs. I know people who have been sperm donors. I know people who um, have received embryos. I know people who were... Um, conceived by science and are living and and working within the pro life movement, and this is not an episode to condemn or undermine or undervalue them. This is not a condemnation of people who have chosen this, but rather a condemnation of the action. And an invitation to anyone, maybe yourself, maybe a loved one who has gone through the process of in vitro fertilization, whether um, with zero knowledge, maybe limited knowledge, maybe even with full knowledge of what it entailed, I really want to invite you to prayerfully consider connecting with um uh, a post-abortion ministry, or grief counselors, or even myself or Laura, and just starting the process where you're at. Maybe this is something that you have never thought twice about. Maybe this is something that has been in the back of your mind for a really long time. This is not a condemnation of people, but rather an analysis of an unethical pro um, process um, practice that needs to be addressed. Needs to be stopped. And that because of the wounds that it um, generates so often that need to be addressed with hope and healing as well. And so please do connect either with myself, with Laura, with somebody that you you trust, whether with a, a formal counselor or somebody else within your church or within your community. Um, absolutely do that. And um, I, I thank you. I, I very much invite conversation, comment, whether um posted on our YouTube channel, whether sent directly to me at email at ProLifeGuys.com um, or anything else like that, check out all of the show notes below. And again, do sign up for um the, the emails through the website prolifeguys.com so that you can enter into win a copy of this book, Conceived by Science, by Stephanie Gray Connors. Um, I will also drop in the show notes below a link to that episode that I did with Stephanie. So thanks a ton. May God bless you abundantly wherever you're at, however many hours are left in your day.